time to look back on an interview we did with Jay Eggersdorf. Hello FPL Surgery listeners, on the pod this week we have an interview from a top FPL manager. I asked the listeners for their FPL advice, which will be read out by a certain someone you all might know. Then I'll leave you with a little guess the player quiz where we'll have a little prize for the winner. Okay, welcome back listeners to the 168th episode of the FPL Surgery podcast. On this podcast, I thought it might be time to take a look back and start releasing some of the interviews that we have carried out over the years. We have a load more people that listen to the podcast than when we first recorded these, so I felt that they're wasted near the bottom of our episode lists. First one, as you can see from the title, is one of the best in Jay Eggersdorf. He's a former FF Scout number one. Before last year, he never finished outside the top 14,000. He has 10 top 10k finishes in FPL, four within the top 1,000, with some of his highest being 645, 105, and his highest overall finish being 101. Clearly one of the best records out there. So without further I'll do let's roll the interview bonus pod okay welcome again listeners this is the interview that we undertook with Jay Eggersdorf uh, right something different now so usually we answer twitter questions here but as we've got someone who's performing as highly as Jay we wanted to take this opportunity to ask him a few questions about the way that he thinks about selecting his team he hasn't been prepped with any of these questions so anything he answers will be off the cuff Don't worry too much, Jay. Nothing too interesting (laughs) or investigating. So I'm just going to go through these, and you can always add to the questions uh, yourself. Hmm. Jay, tell us a bit about kind of your background in FPL, how you got into it, and how you've done recently. So I I got into it. I've always sort of played, for those of you who remember, like the Telegraph stuff years ago, where you used to have to sort of write in if you wanted to make a transfer. So that's going back like 25 years or something. And then I got into this the official FPL game 10, 11 years ago when I, I started working after uni. They all had an office league and just got sort of really hooked. And so gradually over the years, I've, I've got better and better. My best finish has been 101. Um, I was 105 last season. I've never been outside the top about, I don't know, 14K. So, yeah, pretty consistent. And then at yeah. the minute, I'm sort of 57th overall. So people have started asking me, do I, do I think I can win the... Uh, the overall thing and I, I don't know if that's possible but um, I suppose I've given myself a pretty good start to the season. You absolutely have yeah I mean the consistency there as well I mean some of our the people we've had on and uh, myself and, and James have gradually got better over the years but mm. to finish that high up that regularly um, is damn impressive and a similar story to a lot of people actually starting in just an office league and then getting mm. hooked on it so so, Jay, this is just based on, I guess, what we're looking at here is we, we've talked about the usual, you know, who's the informed player for each team. But these questions are more about how you construct your side. So, yeah. first of all, just in terms of holding such a high position, does that create any anxiety or nervousness for you in terms of how you select your side? Are you quite comfortable there? Uh, not yet. I think if it was April and I was like 57th, then I'd be uh, a bit more nervous. So... I think the more I've played the game, the mistake I used to make earlier in, I don't want to say career, because that isn't yeah. isn't what I mean, yeah. um, but earlier in my career was I'd still be thinking about the, the decision right up to the deadline. You know, I'd overthink it. So yeah. what I try and do now is there's that much information you can get 
um just you know just like your podcast all the information on twitter there's all the blogs yeah. that people do blah 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 blah, blah. You, your own judgment can get really clouded so i tend to think on a sunday night or a monday night when i've seen all the results and and everything's come in plan like a move ahead what am i going to do next weekend and then almost like find evidence that week to either back it up or you know rip up that strategy if you like so I tried to make my own decision and then find reasons throughout the week to go against it. And if I don't find enough evidence, I go with my own gut. So, so you don't necessarily listen to like podcasts or read info? And no, I, li- I, listen to, I listen to all the information and I find it dead interesting. But hmm. I think there's a, there's a difference between, and I get loads of people who tweet me, should I do this or what should I do versus I've got this idea and here's yeah. why I think it's got legs. And I think you're only you're only going to be average if you if you're asking other people for the answers. You need to collect as much information as you can. But I think the information that you need to be looking for is more along the lines of um, how well are the players playing. So simple things like reading um, the Sunday newspaper, and just even if you just read the sports section, um, go on the websites for the local press. Mm-hmm of those clubs and read what the local journalists say because these are the guys that watch those teams every week that's what you need to be interested in um things like listen to if you're in the car and you can listen to talk sport so i was in the car the other day and they had big sam on on the breakfast show yeah and that was dead interesting because it just gives you a bit of an insight that you don't get anywhere else but sorry you know you can get it anywhere else because you can get the information but you know you're not letting someone who's in the same boat as you cloud your judgment you're actually getting the, the the good quality information if that makes sense yeah i think that's a really good point i mean i think you've answered a couple of other questions there but by the sounds <laughs> right. of it you no no it's good because i think you're um by the sounds of it the way that you you formulate your plan is you have your own theory and and then find evidence to support it or not and then go with that which is great yeah so look look at the harry kane thing when you break that down and look at the evidence for why will harry kane score on saturday there's a ton of evidence that says he's got a pretty good chance so someone's gonna have to come up with something pretty good to to go you know to turn you off yeah and uh, the other thing I like is reading the local the local press because I haven't I don't think we've had anybody who's come on before and actually said they do that they'll look at stuff on the internet but actually looking at local media you're right that's where you're going to get kind of the fans feelings about the players form and also their injuries yeah, so as well I presume. don't get me wrong I don't have like subscriptions to like 20 regional newspapers no. come through and do but you, all you google is Newcastle United player ratings and go to the yeah. Newcastle Gazette and read what it's you know find the yeah. player that you're interested in and see what they say that, you know, yeah. it's dead simple. Yeah, there there is a a player. He actually looks at the websites for all these like the local fans, like Chelsea fan forum and things like that, and he finds out direct from the fans what's going on in terms of team lineups. Mm. So that's that's kind of a good strategy to use. As well. I think I think that that with like fans forums is again you, you, your quality is is diluted because you get like. Um, a 16-year-old boy, schoolboy, putting in, this is what I think the team will be, if that makes sense. Yeah, but I suppose if you're looking at, like, one or two, then you may you may get clouded. But if you're looking at, like, a general consensus of some yeah. sort of opinion, then that might help you. Yeah, true, yeah. Okay, interesting, though, the way that, the way that you go about it. Um, 
and the, our next question was actually going to be about sort of where do you listen, where do you listen, where do you read your information from? So I think you've said that. Um, right. In terms of actually watching football, so you alluded to this during the podcast, but do you actually watch a lot of football to make your decisions? How much do you rely on the eye test that goes with that? Oh, loads. You've you've got to. I don't mean you have to watch every single game, but you have to watch as many games as you can, and you have to watch match of the day. So. What I mean by that is you, you just need to be analysing what's happening in the matches. If if you live in England and you're able to get to the games, you don't need to get to loads, but you need to try and get to as many as you can because that, that's like really helpful. So I'll give you an example. I was at um, Liverpool-Chelsea the other week and I watched Hazard. And he was that. I mean, he was obviously good if you watched it on the telly, but it was it was a no brainer for me to get him in your team because you realise stuff that you might not see in on the telly. You know where they're up to in their form, how well they're playing in certain situations. So I think as many games as you can get to, then then definitely go. So you, you actually, live football is really important to you as well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, device. even if like um, if you're watching um, a Champions League game. And it's even if it's a dead rubber, but there's a play you've got any fancy teams involved, and someone says, you know, I've got a ticket that you can have it. Do you want to come after work, type of thing? Then go, you know, and, and keep an eye on the players you want to sign. Like I said before about Calvert Lewin, you know, why was I watching Everton in the Europa League? It wasn't because they were doing very well. It's because um, I was interested in him. Okay, so actually, you, you go and watch that game out of interest of a player. Sorry, I didn't go to that game. I watched it on yeah. telly that one. <laughs> but the yeah. point I'm making is that yeah. um, you, you've got to do a bit of prep. Yeah. Sadly, and I don't mean you have to sit through the whole ninety minutes, but you need to at least just get a feel for are they any good? This player, you know, where do they fit in the team? Yeah, yeah. So it's doing a little bit of uh, watching it a bit more closely. Yeah, and another example I'll give you is, do you remember right at the start of the season, I can't remember the score, but I think Arsenal won, they played Leicester, four, three. Yeah. it was like a Friday night game, that's yeah, right, four, three. and do yeah. you remember Ramsey came on for about the last 15 minutes, yeah. yeah, right, and he changed the game, he was he was absolutely brilliant, and I knew then, I was like, this guy's going to have a good season, and I, a couple of weeks later he was in my team, wow, so you yeah, don't need to watch quickly. tons of the game. Yeah, well, just you could just tell by the way. I don't mean like, oh, it was guaranteed, but for seven million quid on the FPL, he's worth a punt. I just thought he's going to come into form. This guy, he played, he looked, he looked that good. Mm. That's a good point, isn't it? You can pick up a little bit sooner if players look good. You, you've already said that you uh, don't pay attention to the opinion of small children going and adding their <laughs> ten, um, adding to forums, sort of thing. But what what other things do you not pay attention to that you think other people probably spend too much time sort of procrastinating um, over? I think I've got a lot... It's been a lot easier and I've got a lot better since Blackburn got relegated. Because <laughs> I did, well, I'm, I'm just impartial. So I don't yeah. have any... You know, a good mate of mine who I work with is a Middlesbrough fan, and he had three Borough players in his team for most of last year because he was, you know, oh, we're going to turn a corner, we're going to turn a corner, and obviously they didn't. Yeah. But it clouds your judgment. I think it, it probably, you guys probably, you guys are Arsenal fans, and, yeah. and um, you probably find it hard to sometimes to think, I'm not going to pick Sanchez, I'm going to pick somebody else because, you, you know, you, you've got that bias of your heart versus your yeah, head. Yeah, of course, yeah. Yeah, I completely agree with that, Iceman. 
Yeah, it is something which does affect your decision in some way. I mean, like you look at how I've gotten Mustafi recently just because I thought he's been playing well the last two game weeks. It means he's going to play well for the rest of the season. And obviously, he does that ricket against United. And whereas maybe Christensen might have been a better option, mm. uh, but yeah, I went with Mustafi. And I was just hoping that he was going to continue his form. And yeah, he looks like he's he's out for a bit now. And that uh, <laughs> that Arsenal um, bias may have clouded me there. I, you, you just don't know, do you? After you've made it, used to it used to make it really weird. I used to have a season ticket at Blackburn, and and you'd you'd go and you'd be playing Chelsea, and you'd have like you know Drogba or Lampard as captain. So you're at the game, and you want your own team to win, but then you're actually quite pleased that Lampard scores. And yeah. it's like this is just too weird. Yeah. Why am I here? You know, spending money to watch. <laughs> It definitely once you get into FPL, it definitely changes your perspective on uh, how you experience match day because you are sort of if your team loses but you get a high score in the game week, it kind of it doesn't make it okay, but it's kind of a consolation which it shouldn't. Yeah, be. yeah, a bit odd. Yeah, yeah. Okay, no, that's helpful to think about. Um, okay, what's your position on taking hits? Because this is always one that we're divided on um, with between us and uh, people that come on the podcast. What would you yeah. think about hits? Uh, don't do it unless it's going to move your your overall score forward. So we were chatting, weren't we, about um, if you were to get rid of Kane this week, you'd, you'd probably have to do a minus four to to get ahead. So you put in the probability against you to get that four points back. Versus, let's say you had uh, who's in a good example. Let's say you had Ericsson at the minute and you thought, I'm going to move to Salah and it's going to cost me four points, but I need to do it because his price is going to go up and I'm going to be point one short. Those two players that you're bringing in, Salah and the other one for the minus four, if you look over the next six weeks and you think, am I going to make the four points back, then it's worth it, if that makes sense. You need to think, am I going to be overall better off for doing this? think just doing it for it will it work this week is too short-sighted too risky so when you take a hit you're thinking kind of the long-term payback not just that week yeah so it's like saying if i spend a fiver on something will it be worth six quid in a few weeks time how likely is that it's simple like economics like you've taken two hits this season who did you bring in for your hits uh, good question. Can't remember off the top of my head. Um, I did two quite close together, I think, didn't I? In a couple of game weeks, quite close together. Yeah, I can't remember. I'm afraid. Looks like it's game week ten and game week seven. Just looking at your game week history. So game week ten, you brought in Lukaku on game week seven, right. and so, Morata game week. That- okay, so it would have been because they were injured, and I just think yeah. if you've got. If you've got Dominic Calvert-Lewin and he gets injured, it's not a major problem. If you've got a guy who's worth twelve million and, and an expensive defender, you know, Mendy was six point something, yeah. then you can't. You know, I think it's worth the four points to get rid. And I think in that example, if I remember, I brought in Walker and Lukaku, and they got six points each, so That's it kind it. of paid for itself. And then you've like it's reset. Then you kind of like not down on points, and you and you've got two great players, and you've got your transfer next week. I think the Kane example was I, I probably brought him in and put him as captain. Yeah, yeah. See, so I mean, again, I've got that choice this week then with Hazard, really. 
However, because I'm, I'm, I hope my ideal moves are Jesus out and Dupamotine out for Hazard and Dominic Calvert-Lewin. But then as soon as I bring in Dominic Calvert-Lewin, I'm planning on benching him straight away. It's just I'll probably captain Hazard if I did bring him in. Mm, it's, 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 it, it might work, it might not. There's risk there, isn't there? So mm. um, you've got to really weigh it up. Okay. Well, let's move on to our, our next question then. So um, in terms of, I think, again, a lot of these were probably alluded to during the uh, the pod, but do you tend to go for more steady point scorers or, or more players with high ceilings? So I suppose what we mean by that is are you more focused on people that could be explosive or are you looking for someone that's going to get you sort of six to ten points a week and sort of you're quite happy with that? Um, I don't really think of it that way, to be honest. I, mm. I think I'm more interested in are they are they gonna play? <laughs> are they, yeah. you know, so would I pick Silver over you know, Sane, for example. Well Sane's a bit more nailed on now, but previously he wasn't. So when I had that decision in my wildcard I went for Silver. And Silver just dripped the points through quite nicely, but the decision was made just purely because he I thought he was more likely to get game time. Yeah. You know, no other reason really. I think you can have um, those sort of explosive players maybe a bit towards the end when you're clear on what am I actually playing for here? Am I trying <coughs> to catch somebody up? Am I trying to That's sustain a lead? What am I doing? Yeah. Um, I think when you're right in the first part of the season, then you need reliability. Yeah, so it's more it's more players that are going to play sort of consistently. I think so. Yeah, I mean, I I like gambling on. Um, you know, I've had Calvert-Lewin and that's a bit of a gamble because it doesn't matter if he doesn't play because he's not in my first team. But when I've brought him in, he's done well now and now he's quite he's quite desirable. So his value is going to go up. So that's a good investment for me because it's low risk. But it's, yeah. it's you know, for, for the money, it's going to be quite high reward potentially. Are, are there any players which you just don't go near at all? Like I suppose game game risk players every week continuously. Well, I'd yeah. never I'd never go near uh, Phil Jones. I'd never go near Shakiri, oh, really? and that's because I know Phil Jones from Blackburn. I don't know him personally. I mean, I know yeah, of yeah, Phil yeah. Jones um, from the Blackburn thing, and I know he's got a really bad um, injury record. So yeah. anybody with a bad injury record, I just don't bother with. I mean, he, even if they're firing, I'm really hard pressed to get them because. Oh, wow. um, just because you know you've got a problem that's, you know, on its way to you, you know, there's. I'm very, very, very confident there's a problem with Shakiri coming for for somebody, you know, down the line. You could say the same with Aguero, though. He's a bit of an injury. Yeah, exactly. So I'm always careful with him because mm. I think you never know. He's got that injury record, so I'm really, you know, you've got to be really, really sure. Almost, almost fear of missing out with Aguero. So let's say City had. Swansea at home, and then uh, who else is hopeless at the minute? Um, <laughs> right, Huddersfield at home. You, you're going to be worried. Let's say Jesus was injured, so he's pretty much nailed on to play. You're going to think, I need to get this guy in because everybody's going to have him as captain. So if he if he gets injured, it doesn't really matter. But if he gets two hat tricks and I don't have him, then I'm snookered. Okay, so. Um... In terms of formations then, so do you have any stance, because we talked in the past about 
you know, three five two, um, three four three at the start of the season when we had the wing back mm. kind of phenomena that happened last season with Moses, Alonso, Arsenal switch to it. People were doing kind of four at the back and even five. Do you have a, a favoured formation to play, or will you do it depending on the form? Uh, depending on the form, I think if in an ideal world you play three five two, and that's because midfielders have the the most methods if you like of scoring points so defenders get penalized for conceding goals so they can get minus strikers don't get the clean sheet bonus and they only get four for a goal and instead of five so logically if you've got five you have the maximum amount of players that can score the the highest amount of points that you know that that should give you the best returns yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So really, it's statistically you're looking more at the more at a five in midfield, really. Yeah, but then it's not an ideal world, is it? The, the game no. isn't ideal, Never. so you've got to go where the points are. So I, I put it this way: try and avoid playing four defenders, just because a lot of the times, as soon as they let you're letting a goal in the first five minutes, and that's it, gone. And then they let another goal in; they've got eighty-five minutes to hang on to one point. If they let another goal in, they're down to one. Yeah. And defence, of course, are more likely to get booked just by the nature of they're doing a lot more tackles. So, you know, before you know it, you're on zero. Do you ever look at, like, tripling up on uh, certain defences? Like Burnley, for instance, some people are doubling up on them, tripling up on them. I've done it before in double game weeks, but I always... I remember having... Um, I had Baines and Coleman one year. And, I, and the reason I did that was because they've got attacking potential as well. So... We talked before about Bournemouth, and I said oh, I'd never gone for Bournemouth players. So if you look at like Charlie Daniels, because Bournemouth are so you know they're pretty average, they're, they're probably going to concede most games. And all right, he's quite attacking this guy, but he doesn't you know, he doesn't get that many goals. So as soon as they concede one, you, you're sort of down to you're probably going to get two points. So I'm always hard pushed. I, I prefer to like spread your bets a bit more, and and what you're looking for is a consistent score. And I always try and get to fifty every week, so it's a bit boom or bust for me that one. Okay, um, just trying to think, looking for ones that we're not overlapping here. Um, when's when's the most helpful time for you to play your wild card? Do you think uh, the first one, or the way the rules, because the rules have changed in the last couple of years, so. The first one, I think you need to play quite early now. So obviously, that's if you've still got it. I think I'd probably hang on to it, but don't forget. You, I think you can. Is it end of December that you need to do it by? Yeah. Exactly. And then the the second one, I always try and leave it until about the last six weeks when you when you've got a clearer idea of the double game weeks, but also like what's at stake. So it's no good having a team with. Like you know, United last season had double game weeks, I think, but they had the Europa League that they were more interested in. So you know, you need you need to know the the permutations of what's at stake before you play it. Okay, so depends. On, so it depends again on the fixture surrounding it at the time. So again, it sounds like you play it quite individually. I think I think you hold. I think as a general rule, I'd hold it for not not until the very very end. But you want a sprint finish. Yeah. So. You know, you can. You, you said before about you being in three hundred thousandth. Well, if you have a really good four game weeks at the end, you could you could knock a couple hundred thousand off that quite easily. I'd have thought. Yeah, I, I definitely jumped up um, last year, and I had a couple of wild cards towards the end. So, yeah, I'd agree with that sort of holding on to it. 
So I think the uh, the last couple of questions from us, we're nearly there, Jay. Is your team weighted more towards sort of top six sides or, again, do you balance out across the league so you're not relying on kind of one or two games over the weekend? That's a good question. I don't um, have any formula for that, but let's just think about it. So I've got Walker, Kalasinic, uh, Salah. I've also got midfield Hazard. So I've probably got about six or seven premium players and the rest are like what I'd hope to be either in well in form filler. But when I say filler, it's people that are playing pretty much every week. So we talked about Dunk before. Yeah. He's never made it on the pitch for me, but I know that if I needed him, he'd come on. And if Brighton were at home, he'd have a reasonable chance for clean sheet. And I know that he does get the odd goal. So on that day where he might be needed, there's a, there's a slim chance that he might do all right. Okay, so it'll be so you will sort of keep that that in mind in case you need them or someone coming off the bench. Okay, um, last question: What's the biggest mistake the casuals make? Without a doubt, is making their transfer too early. <laughs> yeah. So I will I will wait r- right until the I, d- I try not to wait right until the deadline because there's a lot of price changes on a Friday, but I, te- I try to make my transfer at about nine o'clock-ish on a Friday night and that's usually because most of the team news will be in you know it goes fairly quiet in terms of there's only ever odd you know strange things that happen like um, a player will not be on the not be spotted at the hotel or you know something a bit yeah. off like that but by then you've usually got most of the data most of the info that you need it's risky to you know when people say I want to beat the price rise I'd rather invest 0.1 in having the information. You know, I'd rather yeah. invest money in in data and in, in having the facts. Yeah. Um, so I don't think people should get too caught up with price ranges, uh, price changes. The caveat to that, I think, is around Christmas when the fixtures are quite close together. The players are probably not going to be training that much anyway. So you know, if you were like 0.1 short for somebody, and I remember I did it last year with. Um, I had Costa, and then he was away to somebody quite difficult, and Ibrahimovic was at home to Sunderland on like Boxing Day or something. Yeah. So I was like, I need to get this guy in, and I had to make the move that night. But there was only like three days before the next game, so you know, less chance of being injured, and the players are probably not training that hard anyway. Okay, so perhaps when the games are a bit closer together, you can afford to do that, but not otherwise. Yeah, I mean, what you know, why would you make a change on a Monday and players yeah. are playing in the Champions League on a Tuesday? What you know, why would you do that? Because yeah. you're just going to cost yourself points, probably. Because you know the, the likelihood for a problem, and and you know you, you just don't know. Um, you know, like Chelsea tonight, they have rested some players. Well, that that information's valuable to you, so you know, yeah. don't be afraid to invest some money in getting it. It's a nice way of putting it. So point one for the uh, the information rather than in the price rise. It's a oh, nice, uh, nice outlook. Definitely. Yeah. Well, Iceman, right, have you got any more questions? Because I think that's everything we had written down. I suppose um, the only other one is like, how do you pick your skipper? Do you ever base that on polls or who you think the, ma- the majority are going for? Or do you just do it based on who you think is actually going to score the most points every week? Um, that one, but then also... A method I, I use, I try and actually put myself in the shoes of that person, which I know sounds a bit mad, <laughs> but if you look at Hazard last week, so he didn't play midweek, they've got this Newcastle game at home, he's playing in this role that's like a bit more 
creative for him. He's got a bit more freedom. If you were him, you'd be thinking, I'm well up for this game today. You know, I can't wait for this. I'm feeling great. And lo and behold, he gets a couple of goals. If you look at Kane this week, and this could completely blow up in my face, but we've talked about it earlier, he's Mr. Tottenham, isn't he, this guy? The, guy, the fans sing his name, you know, he's one of our own and da-da-da-da. He's not going to want Tottenham in 10th or whatever, you know, come next week. He's, he's going to be desperate to get them back up the table. So I'm pretty sure he'll be going to bed early on Friday, getting up on Saturday thinking I'm well up for this game today. Brilliant, yeah. I like, I like that method. It's very different from most yeah. of us. Yeah, I think that's that's one of the things you often see with people that are placing higher. There's a mindset or a way of doing things. It just differs a bit from the rest. And that I think will I think people will learn a lot from that interview. So thanks for that, Jay. Yeah, no worries. I hope you all enjoyed that and you've learned a little something. Jay is obviously a veteran in the game and his current overall rank this 2019 to 2020 season is 2,974. So on target to get another 1k finish. So I took a look through his team and the changes he made this season. He started off really well and he was 22,438 by game week A. He fluctuated around that 20,000 to 30,000 mark for a while he used his wild card on the 26th of december so as later as he could possibly do it in game week 20 it was game week 24 he used his triple captain to launch him up to around the 10k area but other than his first wild card and his triple captain he hasn't used any other chips other things i noticed about this season which is notable is he started with two mid-range strikers and greenwood he brought in pookie game week two so that goal he scored against liverpool obviously convinced him he was suckered by the great game sabios had against burnley and brought him in game week three later to remove him in game week seven whilst taking on minus eight so it only gave him four game weeks lundstrom had did enough for jay to bring him in game week four along with kdb but at the expense of Robertson who he brought back in game week 5 at the expense of the injured Laporte this was the first of his two hits he took for the whole season he made some routine changes where he brought in Sionyu, Mount, Abraham before he went on his second goal scoring run Vardy game week 11 where he was in the middle of his great run he brought in Mane for Sterling then got Sterling back for Salah then got Salah back in for Sterling then brought Son in for Salah and then brought Sterling back again for Mane, showing that he was not afraid to swap out those premiums and maybe a little bit too much faith in Sterling there. He brought in Gazaniga game week nine, so I assume that's at Larissa's injuries expense. One I did notice he brought in Douglas Louise, probably a cheap mid option on his wildcard, but still something different there. Other than that, it was all players you'd expect. Dominic Cavett-Lewin, Saar, Grealish, Bruno, Ings at Christmas. Just one that did shock me slightly. He didn't have Jimenez for the whole season until game week 28. And guess who we removed him for? Jamie Vardy. And the rest of the season is yet to be decided, so I hope he does get the chance to go for that number one spot. He's only 143 points behind. You know, doable, maybe. <laughs> you never know, but... I guess we might never know, actually, but I'm rambling now. Let's move on to the Twitter section. So I put a message out there for the listeners to provide a one-liner for a piece of FPL advice. Some words of wisdom, if you may. I asked a certain someone you might know to read them out. Hello, listeners. 
Bully here, long time no speak. Thank you for continuing to support the Iceman and Hawks Rudd as they continue to spread the FPL knowledge, love. Such a shame that we can't actually play the game at the moment, but we remain hopeful that this season will finish strong. So you've been uh, sending in your top tips and comments to the Iceman and I've had the pleasure of reading them out. So here we go. Joff Holt, aka Dilly Gaff Austin 66 UK says, think once, think twice, play it your way. Who got the assist? Tom says, never leave us, James. Couldn't agree with you more on that one, Tom. Thomas Kozarski, have to say this feature is going to be my trademark of getting everyone's name wrong, so I'm sorry about that. Cherish every minute with your families and spend that time well. Up the pod, well said, Thomas. Chris Tan at Chris Tan FPL. You have power over your mind, not outside events. Realise this and you will find strength. Strong comment, Marcus Aurelius. Focus on what you can control. Up the pod. Up the pod. The words of wisdom I will leave up to FPL Sexy. That's from Murphy's Law. Uh, We've got FPL Canada. Listen to as many podcasts as you can and discard everything they say. Couldn't agree with you more, FPL Canada. Andrew Ferguson. One I need to pay more attention to is ignore ownership. Paul Meehan. Find a new hobby. (laughs) Yeah, uh, I think uh, at the moment everyone's having to do that, but probably struggling. I think this one's going to stand the test of time, but we'll see, Paul. Bold Eagle, one for the ages. Matthew Pennycase says, don't overthink it. I think we're all a bit guilty of that sometimes. Josh at FPL Cool, never choose Kepper in FPL. Yeah, I thought he was going to be a really uh, decent one when he first signed for Chelsea, but uh, apparently not. FPL Governor, final rank is just a number. It's the joy and sorrow you experience while getting there that's the most important. I'll add to that, FPL Governor. I think my message is enjoy the journey. M. Bison, Mark, our regular, always make the obvious transfer, yet plenty of times where we've skipped doing that. Uh, And also, thank you for being one of the few FPL pods still making an FPL pod. Yours is the only one I listen to these days. Credit to the Iceman. He is relentless in all aspects of his life, and this one is no different. FPL Sexy with some uh, fine advice as usual. Wash your hands for 20 seconds. Not too hot though, otherwise you're going to take moisture away from the skin. And uh, that's where you'll get the cracking and the dryness. And do moisturise. Mad Hatter, never argue with an idiot. He will drag you down to his level and beat you with experience. Mad Hatter, of course, has the experience of Alexa to speak from there. FPL mediocrity, the difference between knowledge and wisdom. Knowledge is knowing a tomato is a fruit. Wisdom is not putting a tomato in a fruit salad. I've never heard that before, but I, I really like that. Emma, I don't know any words of wisdom, but think life is richer if you can work out what you believe in and then live it. And don't worry about FPL as your score is ephemeral. Beautiful. Love that, Emma. Lots of wisdom there. So that's everybody's feedback. Great to be joining you on the pod once more for this mini feature. Hope to be back in the future. Let's keep supporting the Iceman to keep this going. He does make a damn good bloody podcast and gives out great advice. The time will come when we'll be all needing it once more. Look after yourself, people. Stay safe through COVID-19 and we'll be speaking very soon. Thank you for that, listeners, for those words of wisdom. And thank you to Bully for reading them whilst feeding his newly born. Okay, final thing before I go, a little quiz question for you listeners. There will be a prize for the winner of this as soon as I'm actually able to get to the post office. So it is Guess the Footballer. I will give you a series of clues and all you need to do is send me your answer on Twitter at 
FPL Surgery or on Facebook search FPL Surgery or you can email me info at fplsurgery.com with your answer. So let me know what stage you actually guessed at as well. Now to the question. This player's father was also a professional footballer. This player began playing football at the age of eight for Anderlecht. In his first season at Anderlecht Academy, he scored 26 goals. In his second season, he scored 37 goals. At the age of 17, he signed his first permanent contract with Standard Liège, where he spent two years scoring only 11 goals. He signed for his first English club in September 2008. He signed for his second English club in September 2013. He has scored 55 goals in the Premier League, but last season he only scored two. This season he has registered no goals in the Premier League. So if you know the answer to that, then please send it through to our Twitter at FPL Surgery or you can send through via email info at fplsurgery.com or on Facebook or wherever you can find us. Just send it over and there will be a prize your way to the first person who sends me their answer. So good luck. Hope you enjoyed this episode and we are looking at releasing more old interviews that we've done in the past which probably haven't got enough listens so this gives them a chance for the recognition that they deserve. So that's it for this episode. Thank you again for listening. If you like what you heard, just please let me know. And up the pod. Up the pod.